Hello, hello. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Puno. I'm the founder of I Love Creatives and you are listening to Girl Boss Radio. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, can we talk about some skin care? I love skincare. I love that this is a safe space that I can just, you know, talk about my periods and birth control. I got off of birth control when I was 27 because I had one too many psycho moments and I was just like, you know what? That's not cool. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I got off of it. I was on the NuvaRing and then my skin went to hell. I mean, I'm blessed. I'm half Korean, half Filipino. This is definitely a flex, but I'd never wash my face <laughs> and I could get away with it. I'd never got pimples or acne or anything. And then boom, maybe it was because I was also turning 30. I don't know, but my body chemistry changed. And so I had to figure that out. And at around the same time, the beauty industry was layering it on. It started with my people, the Koreans, the original glossy face. I was going through so many products, you have no idea. Actually, I'm sure you have an idea. You're probably nodding your head right now. You're like, girl, I've got a refrigerator in my bathroom. And you know what? That's fine. And also, what brand? <laughs> so I don't think I'm alone here. For all of you skincare enthusiasts, I think you're gonna really enjoy this conversation because we are going to be talking to April Garjulo, the founder of Vintner's Daughter, which is a beauty brand that only has two products. That's right. It started off with one and then they got two. So Vintner's Daughter, if you haven't heard, has a nice, healthy cult following. We've got Tracy Ellis Ross, Haley Bieber, and of course, Gwyneth Paltrow. Fully endorsed, not sponsored. So what the hell? How did that happen, right? So April comes from a winemaking family, hence Vintners. I mean, when you think about wine, you are waiting for years to get a product on the shelf. And April took that same idea of slow growth and brought it into the beauty industry. And it worked. For any of you that have wanted to make a product but lost steam because you have so many no's and so many dead ends, this episode is for you. April was incredibly transparent and we really dug into how hard it was for her to create a brand and a product that goes against the grain of an entire industry, specifically the beauty industry. Good, juicy stuff. And speaking of juicy, make sure you stay to the end because we talk about the difference between hydration and moisture, but we also out of nowhere just kind of broke down what finding your North Star meant for us. It was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, that's right. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, whoa. It was one of those whoa moments. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Vintner's Daughter founder, April Gargiulo. Well, hello, April. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I am super excited to chat with you because I am a bootstrapped founder as well. And I truly believe in slow growth. And I think you take it even further than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, we're we kind of take it take it to the limit for sure. <laughs> You're like slower slower. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
two products, seven years. How about that? Yeah. So let's start there. Two products. What is that all about? Well, as I like to say, I did double in size at some point. I did double my product offering. I went from one to two. And <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's really about skin, right? I believe that fewer but better quality, higher quality products service the skin better. It also is, of course, better for our environment, our world. And it is something that we are very kind of disciplined around. I think when you have a product or products that are as kind of coveted and beloved as Vintner's Daughter is and around the world, I think you're mm -hmm. very much encouraged to as quick as you can just fill up a shelf. I was even told over the years by big time industry people, you know, very well-respected industry people when I only had one product that, oh no, April, don't worry about it. You already have your hero product. The other products don't even matter. Just slap labels on some products and get them up on the shelf. And you know, for me, that is not integrous for who I am and where I come from. And so, yeah, I mean, we've been really disciplined about only creating game-changing products and only introducing products that are really going to have this, this extraordinary impact in our customers' lives. You know, when someone says that, really, the thing we're talking about is money and revenue, right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Let's just get to it. Yes. You know? Yes, 100%. I always say, and I, and I don't mean to sound kind of revolutionary about this, but I think most companies are revenue-driven, money-driven, uh, marketing-driven, however you want to say it. And we are very much a skin-driven company. Mm -hmm. And that isn't to say that we don't have to be profitable. We do to get to do all the cool things, but it's not why we exist. We have to be profitable in order to get to focus on the things we want to focus on, the highest quality ingredients, working with the best farmers, like creating these extraordinary products. Well, so you said you've had this company for seven years and you first started with only one product. Mm -hmm. One product, Active Botanical Serum. How did that happen? Like, how did you get into that? Okay, so I, well, I don't have a traditional beauty background by any means. My background mm -hmm. is actually in fine winemaking in Napa Valley. My family still makes wine there today. And so the Napa Valley is this community that's very focused on quality and craftsmanship and making the very finest wines in the world and everything that that takes to create that, right? You can't take shortcuts. You can't cut corners. And these were all kind of ethos that was instilled in me from a very young age. I mean, I remember begging my dad for Chef Boyardee in a can, raviolis, like literally as he was hand cranking the pasta machine, making... <laughs> <laughs> making his own pasta. He's like, you're not missing anything, kid. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I grew up in this family that really focused on quality ingredients and the process of kind of elevating those ingredients, right? Or really honoring those ingredients. And so I was also somebody who'd always had skin issues, cystic acne, pigmentation, yeah. all the things that come along as you get older. And I was using what I thought were the best products. They were certainly some of the most expensive products in the world. And, you know, a, a very familiar refrain for first-time moms, I'm pregnant with my first daughter, and I start looking at the ingredients. And I am shocked at what I find. I find that these so-called luxury products I'm using are 0.01% active ingredient, the rest is filler, very low-quality filler, that in many times is heartful, not only to me, but to the environment. And so coming from where I was coming from, none of that added up to what my definition of luxury was. And so that was the genesis of Vintner's Daughter. How do I create a true luxury skincare company built on those same foundations of quality and craftsmanship as the fine winemaking world that I'd come from? Yeah. And I guess what were the problems specifically that you saw with other skincare brands? 
Yeah, I mean, so you would have like 0.01% active ingredient, right? And you'd only ever have like one active ingredient. It was always very like one noted. And today um, it's different, but, you know, I'll just relate it to products today. It's like, this is your hyaluronic. This is your vitamin C. This is your whatever, you know, down the line, right? Mm -hmm. All very, again, like we spoke about at the top, you know, at the very beginning of this conversation, all very revenue driven, right? So you're not just buying one product, you're buying 10. And so for me, I felt like I was using these products that had a very small percentage of a single active ingredient. The rest of it was filler. And that filler was as cheap and inexpensive as it possibly could be. And in many cases was harmful. I mean, Mm -hmm. the product I had been using had petroleum in it. So it was things that were not beneficial to my skin and not beneficial to the earth. Mm. And was there a point in your life why that really mattered for you or? Yes. Are you kidding? I remember, oh, I mean, I had cystic acne all my life. So I had cystic acne and pigmentation and and that really creates an identity around your skin. And so I, you know, I was never the girl buying expensive handbags. I was always a girl buying very expensive skincare. Yeah. And so it, it was always something that I was constantly kind of navigating in my life. I was in Morocco maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like many people, I love to go to the apothecaries, especially these sort of old world apothecaries. And I'm in Morocco Marrakesh, and I find this this very old world, very classic apothecary, and it's got all these beautiful bottles, kind of handwritten glass bottles everywhere. I have no idea what anything is, and I'm showing the woman, you know, my face, whatever was happening at the time, you know, active acne, and she keeps kind of giving me this oil, and I keep coming back and showing her, like, no, are you crazy? Like, I have acne. You don't put oil on acne, right? This was before we kind of recognized that oil is really this ultimate balancer for skin. Yeah. It was still in the era of like, you just dry your skin as as much as you possibly can. So finally we, you know, I agreed. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm putting my faith in you. Here we go. Fine lady, I'll put the oil on my face. (laughs) Totally, done, done. And she was saying, and you could put it on your hair and you could put it on. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, like I have all these very specific, very kind of targeted bottles, lotions and potions that I put on at very specific times. And she's just giving me this one bottle that's supposed to do everything. And so I go back to, you know, my hotel. I think I had a cocktail and I put it on my face thinking I'm jumping off a cliff, which sounds dramatic. But if you had kind of navigated living with acne your whole life, it kind of is how it felt. Yeah. And I woke up the next day and really never looked back. My skin was so balanced, felt so good. And that really kind of began my love affair with oil. So, okay, so you're, you come back home, you have this one bottle of oil. Mm-hmm. I still to this day don't even know what it is. I, I would imagine <laughs> maybe it was argon, but I really, I have no idea what it was. And so at that point where you like, you come home, you go to your cabinet, you just throw away everything. And then you're like, okay. Yes, pretty much. And I started searching for products that would kind of live up to my, this kind of new realization I had, right? Like I I got a peek behind the curtains and I could never go back sort of thing, right? With Mm -hmm. using products that were filled with synthetics. I just thought, oh my gosh, those are so cheaply made. Like I want something, again, this idea of like true luxury, not a price tag, but true luxury, that idea that how and what something is made from is, is what matters. Mm-hmm. And so at the time, there weren't really a whole lot of um, retail opportunities. Like there, there just wasn't places you could go. You could go to like Whole Foods. 
people encouraged me to put coconut oil on my skin and that was just not anything I could do. I have so many skin issues that that was not going to work. Is it because it's too it's too heavy or? Yeah, it's really, it's a heavy, uh, large molecule oil that if you don't have any kind of acne problems, then maybe it's great for you. But for me, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And then slowly you had these kind of like-minded retailers that started opening up. Like Cat Beauty was one of the very first. And it was this kind of very lovely time that everyone was kind of growing up together for sure. Mm. So how did you know that you're ready to start this company? Okay, so this is a great question. So I come back, you know, I come back from Morocco. I'm at the time with the winery, I'm literally traveling all over the world doing wine events and meeting with wine collectors. And my husband and I wanted to get pregnant. We wanted to start a family. Mm. And I knew that I didn't want to travel like that anymore once I had started a family. And so I kind of stepped away from the winery. But at the same time, like I wanted to do something. It wasn't like I was just going to kind of sit on the couch, right? And um, so I, I was thinking of three different companies. Oh, actually, nice. I was sort of parallel pathing three different. I mean, this is so wild when I still think about it. I think I, I mean, I don't think I know I still own the URLs from these. <laughs> That's the first way. It's like idea on paper and then buy the domain. <laughs> oh, I can't even tell you how many domains I have. It's my husband actually makes fun of me about it. So again, parallel pathing these three different ideas. One was a company called Mighty Butter, mm. which was going to be the superfood-infused butters, like nut butters. And then it was going to morph into something called Mighty Pantry, where I was just going to sell all these extraordinary <laughs> superfoods <laughs> anyway. And then my other idea was something called Skinny Vine that I was working on with a friend, and it was low-calorie wine. And at one point, I'm in my kitchen. I'm living in Napa. I'm in my kitchen. I remember my husband saying, you have to kind of choose one of these. You can't just keep putting each one, <laughs> move each one, like pick one. And he's like, okay, you know, tell me about all of them. And so, you know, I tell him about Mighty Butter. I tell him about Skinny Vine. And then I get to Vintner's Daughter and it's like clear that that is where my passion lies, right? My eyes light up. I talk about it forever. And so that was really when I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to focus my attention. And really, this is where I'm most passionate. And so um, from then, it was about a two and a half year process of developing our first formula for Active Botanical Serum. Wow. So before you decided on going with Vintner's daughter, Mm -hmm. you didn't know much about the beauty industry. So, Oh, no. I mean, I knew more about the other two for sure than I did about the beauty industry. But I felt so sure that something needed to change in the beauty industry. I felt so sure that there were not products that were talking to people like me that needed performance and did not want to sacrifice quality. And that was really kind of the guidepost. Did you need to do any other research before? Oh my gosh, so much research. Are <laughs> I you guess like, me? did you need to do any more research before you decided of the three businesses that you wanted to oh, like? Oh no, I got into it so naively. I was like, okay, okay this is it. Here we go. You know? <laughs> I think that's the way to go though. I mean, when I, my husband and I first started our, I wouldn't even call it a business, but our first long project, it was a, a travel app called Made With Map. The reason why we picked it was because it had the most ideas, like other ideas flowed from that one. And so we were just like, that one has the most legs. And we felt like we just needed to pick something Mm -hmm. and just go. So for you, I mean, what were the tools that you used to kind of figure this all out? Did you have a mentor? Did you take a course? Did you just research on the internet? (laughs) I did all of that. And I was constantly, I would talk to one person 
And then that person would say, okay, go talk to this person. And then the next person would kind of give me two other people. Mm. There's a woman named Rosemary Gladstar who I would say has been, you know, a mentor. She's kind of OG in the natural skincare, botanical skincare world and was just extraordinarily generous in her information and guidance. Mm. But there were so many other women too that just had, you know, lifetimes of knowledge um, learned and also kind of intuition around how to work with plants. And it was like a crash course. Did you know them before or what? No. They were complete strangers? Complete strangers. The reason why I asked that is because, you know, there's the whole, some stranger is going to come to you and ask you to pick their brain. Like, how did you approach it? I mean, I got turned away many times, by the way. I mean, no, this wasn't like everywhere I went, the red carpet got rolled out. I got turned away so many people who immediately they would just put their walls up and, you know, not want to talk. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I look back on it. It was, I guess, tenacity again, mixed with a lot of me just being naive. And also, you know, I had come from a sales background. So having people say no wasn't that big a deal to me. (laughs) Your dad was saying it from the beginning when you wanted Chef Boyardee. (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. Right. So, right. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get you next time. Don't worry. You know, like no problem. Yeah. But ultimately, like, it was really like the generosity of many, many women who really helped me kind of patch the pieces together and go from one iteration to the next to the next. For those women, what do you think that you did differently with them? Or was it more on their end, they were just open? Both. They were really open. And I think they saw in me, you know, somebody who was just extraordinarily passionate about it. Mm. And at the time it was, it was really, and, and still how I approach formulation, it was really just about what was in the bottle, right? Like I didn't have a PR team. I didn't have investors. I didn't even have a business plan, right? Like right. for me, I was solely focused on the product. And I'm sure this happens to you all the time because it happens to me and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for it, but I get emails all the time from people that say, I have this idea about starting this company and they already have backing and they already have packaging sometimes and they are, you know, they have these, these things, but they have no idea what the actual product is, what's going to go in the bottle. Mm. And so I think I, I came at it with such a true heart in terms of like just really focused on the actual what was in that bottle, like the actual formula, the actual ingredients. And, you know, I had an agricultural background from winemaking. And so in a way, I kind of could speak the language um, to a certain degree and obviously had an incredible amount of interest and passion. But, you know, I, I would say anyone out there who's trying to find people to help them, like, just don't stop, like, keep going. And if one person doesn't want to help you, and this is what I did, I would say, oh, okay, no problem. Do you have anybody else I could talk to? Do you know somebody who would be able to help me? And just keep going. You're like extracting as much as possible, even with a no. Right. And I'm not like, I don't take it personally. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's the big thing is like, no one is saying necessarily no, that your, you know, idea is not going to work. It's just, no, I don't, I'm not going to talk to you right now. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> somebody, maybe somebody burned them the day before. Right. Who knows what could be, right? Right. And, and there's been times when I've, you know, had people who weren't interested in helping me. And then, you know, three years later, our paths cross and it's a whole different relationship. So you never know. And you'd have to just honestly, just like keep going, keep going, keep going. And I think ultimately you have to, I think, always have a very clear mission. Yeah. Your what may change, but your why should stay the same. Have you heard of Hair Story? I have not heard of Hair Story. Please 
tell me more. <laughs> Go on. Go on. <laughs> well, so they sent me their new wash, Ooh. and it's basically a sulfate detergent and shampoo-free hair cleanser. So new wash essentially replaces your shampoo and conditioner Ooh. plus all these other hair products like deep conditioners, masks, detanglers, and it's just all in one. Ooh, that I like. I hate having to buy multiple products for one wash day, let me tell you. It's like walking into a drugstore in my shower. <laughs> exactly. It's just too, I get too many options. I don't know what to do. I don't. There's too much. Too many steps. Too many. Well, so they have natural ingredients that don't strip away your hair's protective barrier, and it just removes just the excess oil and the dirt, not the good stuff mm. that keeps your hair hydrated. That's what Mama needs: hydration. <laughs> hydration <laughs> committee. That's yeah. That's what I want. So I'm all about the reviews, and I was looking at their website. They have six thousand five-star reviews. Dang, you can't argue with that. That's pretty mm -mm. solid. No, no, you cannot. So I mean, in the reviews, there was like curly, straight, thick, thin, colored, gray hair. It's like everybody is across the board. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh my gosh. I really want to try this now. How do I get some? Well, you just check out Hair Story at hairstory.com and then you can use the promo code GIRLBOSS to get 15% off your first purchase. Ooh, yes. I do love a good deal. That's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-R-Y.com and use the code GIRLBOSS to get 15% off at hairstory.com. Hairstory.com, here I come. So April followed her why pretty diligently, but at first people didn't really get it. Not even these labs that could potentially profit, you know, from this new business. You would think that a lab would take any customer on, but nope. Mm -mm, they were like, what do you, what? One product? Well, here's the thing though. April's product is different. So, you know, every bottle of active botanical serum takes three weeks to make. And most skincare is, you know, takes six or hours or less to formulate, right? Mm -hmm. We, you know, very uniquely, why it takes us three weeks to make every bottle is because we start with whole plants. Mm -hmm. So we start with some of the most nutrient-dense whole plants in the world. And over the course of three weeks in this very gentle, very time-honored traditional method, we capture all that nutrition all those plant actives and, and ultimately that kind of plant intelligence that is able to communicate with the skin so well. And so the skin recognizes our formulas in a much deeper way than it ever could synthetic formulas. But nevertheless, April persisted and finally she got a yes. So when did you find a lab that was like, okay, we're down to clown? Oh my gosh. Well, I, huh. Okay, so the, the commonality in this conversation is that you can't really take no for an answer because I found a lab that said no to me like four times oh. uh, before they said yes. So I found a lab who's extraordinary and who said to me, you know, we haven't done anything like this since the 70s. Nobody does this anymore. It just takes so much time. But you know. they had done it. But they had done it, exactly. And I knew that she had done it. I had this crazy respect for the company that they had built. And I just kept kind of like... Are you ready now? Are you ready now? Kind of tapping her. Are you ready now? Are you ready now? <laughs> um, financially for them as a lab, why is your product not in their best interest? 
Well, I mean, I don't think they would say that now. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if you can make and sell 20 products in the time that you can make and sell one. Yeah. But now in retrospect, you're selling just as much. So... <laughs> Yeah, the conversations with labs is very different these days. Yeah, and as someone who's coming into an industry that you don't really know about, mm -hmm. how did you have the confidence to question their authority? Oh, I mean, I I appreciate that you describe it as confidence, but it was it was it, <laughs> You're like, it was pure no. <laughs> being naive, one hundred percent. I mean, it was me being naive and also having this backbone of winemaking. And and remember my father right. who wouldn't even let me have Chef Boyardee, right? So I, I have all this kind of going for me in, in the way of having this like very kind of like mm -hmm. deep centered mm -hmm. confidence around process and sourcing and how critical that is if you want to make the best of wine, the best of skincare, really the best of anything. Hey, Carly. Who know? Hey, how's it going? It's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, spoiler alert, I took your Squarespace course, and I gotta tell you, I was really hesitant starting, and I kept waiting to start, but once I had that free trial that you offered, yes, I got so addicted, I just kept messing around, and then before I knew it, my site was actually done. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. You really just need to get a trial? and just mess around. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah. Press all the buttons. Press all the buttons. And if you mess up, and I'm putting that in air quotes, you see me. Yeah, I see you. The quotes are in the air. You know, wah, wah. Yeah. You could just start another trial. Yeah, that's what I love about it. If I change my mind about my aesthetic, which I do, mm -hmm. we all do. I mean, it's so last season. I mean, it's always last season. Yeah. But I could mess with it until it was right, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. And here's what we got for you. Oh, here it comes. My favorite part. So you go to squarespace.com mm -hmm. backslash girl boss mm -hmm. for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, mm -hmm. you can use the offer code. What do you think it is? I'm Okay. I'm gonna say girl boss. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> do I win? What do I win? You're gonna save 10% off yes. your first purchase oh, that's what I was of hoping. a website. Oh, by the way, did you know that a domain comes with your website? See, Squarespace just has all the things. It's that you all need. in one. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. So you said you didn't have a business plan, but how did you know? what your runway mm -hmm. is or how long, like how did you know that you would be profitable? How did you know how much you could spend? I spent nothing. I had a website. I okay. spent nothing. I mean, truly, you know, like I always kind of joke that said like we launched, but we was me. Yeah. And a launch meant that I had a website that worked. Right. right. And and from, I mean, you know, Instagram was free and all the social media was free. You and did I, you all know, of that. I did all of it. And, you know, I didn't have PR. I didn't have a publicist. I didn't have any kind of like costs because I was doing it out of my house. Right. And it was all very, very, very bootstrapped. Yeah. In a like very real way. But I guess you still do need some amount of funds to get going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I needed to buy, obviously, I needed to buy all my glass. I needed to pay the lab. I needed to um, have mm -hmm. packing materials, like all those things. And I think in total, it was about $35,000. And did that feel risky to you or was that like nope that's what you got to do 
<laughs> enormously risky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, all of it does. I remember signing the lease on our first office. That felt enormously risky. I remember moving to a bigger office like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what are we doing? I mean, it all feels insanely risky. Yes. And, you know, with labs, with products, there's always this minimum order quantity. Yes. I don't know. Maybe the lab just felt so sorry for me that they thought, oh, we're going to do this first run and just, you know, she won't ever call us back kind of thing. Um, So so they kind of gave me a break on my first run and I didn't have to meet the minimums. Oh, wow. For people that are unfamiliar with this world, Mm -hmm. what does MOQ mean and what does that typically look like? Yeah. So MLQs is like your minimum order quantity. And depending on what product it is, it's normally around five to 10,000 units. And that means you have to buy all of that product, 5,000, 10,000 units up front. All of the packaging, all of the product, all of it. Mm -hmm. Did you do the pricing beforehand or did you do it after you kind of figured out what the costs were? (laughs) So I had a general sense of costs, and so I did the pricing. But, you know, again, I was coming from a different industry. I had no experience in beauty, and so I did not take the same margins that one are supposed to in beauty so that you can kind of have the margins for all the marketing that happens in beauty. It's why we've never done marketing. We've never done any kind of marketing because it's just not built into our margins. What does that actually mean? for you? It means we've never done any marketing. We've never done any paid marketing. None. And it's not to say that I don't believe in it or what have you, but we've just never done it. How important was your website? Because as a company that's starting from word of mouth, to me, I feel like this is where they're going to get a lot of the information. So this was eight years ago that we launched and I, sure. it's changed a little bit. I, I would probably guess that people go to your Instagram first, right? even before website. I mean, I think if they're trying to go actually like make a purchase, they're going to your website. But if they're kind of just discovering the brand, I think they're probably going to your Instagram first. So that did not exist seven or eight years ago. I mean, Instagram exists, but it hadn't kind of fully taken over. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we built our website on Shopify. I can't say enough good things. And it made the process very easy. And again, we had, at the time, I only had one product. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, you know, not complex kind of uh, back end. And for us, it was really always about storytelling and making sure everyone understood how we make our products and why these products matter and why they can have this very different and super successful relationship with your skin in in terms of um, bringing about health and balance and radiance. And and it's something that I really don't love about the skincare industry. I think it promotes a struggle with your skin. Mm. I think it promotes a struggle so that then it can sell something that will quell that struggle, but it actually never does. And, you know, at Vintner's Daughter, I want to create joy and confidence and gratitude in your skin, no matter where it's at, right? And I hope that our products can do that. And I hope that our products can help create that connection to yourself that I think is ultimately, Mm -hmm. that is the truest form of beauty. That's great. It makes you feel good. (laughs) Good. It should. Right? Well, so, and it's just the opposite of what so much traditional beauty does. That is this flywheel Mm -hmm. of fear and insecurity around all the different aspects of skin. I mean, the, the word correction gets used all the time. Like, I don't, why do I need to be corrected by you? You know? Or, I mean, the the word that really drives me bananas is anti-aging. Like, there is no such thing as anti-aging, right? It's impossible. We're it's going impossible. to age. <laughs> anti-aging is death, right? 
And by suggesting that I need to stop aging, it really implies to me that that I need to stop living, that my experience isn't worth it, mm. that all the things that my body is naturally, joyfully, and by the way, it's a privilege to do, to age every day, yeah. that somehow I should try to disrupt that or undermine that. But what we really should be doing is having like, again, joy, confidence, gratitude, and every day we're here. So at what point when you launched, did you feel like, oh my gosh, this is this is working. This is happening. Yeah. Okay. So there were, a, there was, I mean, and I, you probably have the same experience. Like it, there were, there were several, right. Yeah. Sure. Um, that kind of led the way. And I think, I mean, listen, like I told you how I launched the launch was that I had a website that worked, right. I sent an email from my old Hotmail account. I don't even know if that still exists, but I sent an email <laughs> to literally 150 people like family, friends, Hey, this is what I've been working on. It's available here it is if anybody wants it. And so kind of the first orders, I knew everyone that was ordering, right? I mean, you know, my mom probably placed an order once a day, bless her heart. It was really sweet. <laughs> and like, you know, my mom's friend, my Different aunts, names. whatever. Yeah, exactly. She has aliases. But then I started to get orders that I didn't know the people. And I would write and I'd say, because I, at this point, again, I'm doing everything. I'm customer service. I'm packing. I'm everything. I'm saying, oh, hey, great. Thanks so much for your order. How did you hear about us? Oh, a friend of a friend told me, oh, I saw, you know, I saw somebody in my office. Her skin looks so extraordinary. Um, I mean, we had people, I remember once I said, oh, how'd you find it? And she said, I don't know. I stopped this lady in a coffee shop whose skin just looks so gorgeous. And she told me about it, right? So when that started happening, and it's what I call um, G to G, like our G to G growth, our girlfriend to girlfriend growth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am um, like, I, I knew, I thought, oh, okay, like this isn't only a game changer for my skin. And the people who were coming in are people who were dealing with things that I had never even dealt with, right? People who are saying this helped my rosacea so much, or people who are way older than me that were in their like 60s and 70s who were saying, oh my gosh, my skin's never looked better. So that was sort of one moment. And then another big moment was when Into the Gloss, which at the time was sort of the epicenter of all things beauty. It was before Glossier had been um, introduced. Um, they wrote an article and the name of the article was The Face Oil to End All Face Oils. Wow. Yeah. And that that was another huge moment. And then, you know, there's been moments, there's been like really extraordinary celebrity moments that I've been so grateful for. And again, I don't, I knew, I knew no one. I didn't know anyone in the celebrity world or whatever. So, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow has been a huge supporter, Tracy Ellis Ross, Haley Bieber, Lady Gaga, Rachel Brosnian, like so many extraordinary women who have kind of championed us in this very kind way. You know, there's, there's little moments along the way, like little breadcrumbs along the way. Yeah, that's like a girlfriend to girlfriends. <laughs> right. I know, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about everyone sort of has their platform to be able to share their experience about Vintner's Daughter and, and, and social media has really allowed for that. But some of those girlfriends have really big platforms. Girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Girlfriends. So now this is happening. And were you feeling like, okay, I can do something else or is this ready? Am I ready to launch more products? So, okay. So when active botanical serum becomes this like, you know, I don't love the word, but just so it's easy to understand this like cult product around the world, right? It's this coveted yeah. and beloved product around the world. 
And I am getting input from everyone telling me, you need more, you need more, you need more. You need to capitalize on this momentum. This velocity isn't going to stay. Like you can't just have one product. It's never been done before, like in my ear. Yeah. And I really try to just like close that out. Again, just follow this North Star we have to create only products that are kind of going to really change the the skin or, or positively, I don't like the word change. So really like positively impact skin. Mm-hmm. And what we knew is that we were having that insanely positive impact with the skin with this product. And what we knew was that in nature, nutrients are either oil soluble or water soluble. And so when we create that phytoradiance infusion for active botanical serum work, we're capturing all the oil soluble nutrients. So vitamins A, E, calcium, magnesium, all the omegas, 60 plus oil soluble nutrients. And what I knew is that there was a world of water soluble nutrients that the skin also needed to be its very best. And so mm. that drove the development of our second product, Active Treatment Essence, so that these two products could live together kind of in this like perfect harmony that if you used one followed by the other, your skin would receive everything it needed, all the water-soluble nutrients, all the oil-soluble nutrients. And then, you know, interestingly, and this may blow your mind, um, hydration and moisture are different. They are totally different, okay? Hydration is water, moisture is oil. Creams are an emulsion of the two. They are in a mixture of oil and water. So it's why so often those two words, hydration and moisture, are used interchangeably because they're most oftentimes talking about a cream. But if you have a distinct hydration step, which is what we created with active treatment essence, followed by a distinct moisture step, which is what active botanical serum is, your skin not only receives deeper hydration, it receives better moisture. And so that was really how Active Treatment Essence came about, our second product. Oh, hey, Carly. Hey, Puno. Did you get paid? Not today, but yes. (laughs) I've gotten paid before. Well, because I love creatives, we use Gusto. So that's typically how we pay you. I noticed. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Gusto kind of changed my life. Puna, what made you choose Gusto before you even knew you needed a Gusto? Taxes. Those damn taxes. Those damn taxes. Mm. Honestly, I had so many 1099s that I had to give out, you know, and it's January too. You're hungover and you're like, I don't want to do this. Math? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Forms? Forms? PDFs? No. Numbers? Uh-uh. So someone told me about Gusto, and then now all I do is I pay all contractors through Gusto, and come January, it just sends out all the 1099s. I didn't even realize it was sent out. It sent me an email that was like, it's done, Buno. Ooh. Happy New Year. Oh, what a little gift. I know. So precious. Thank you. It's like the assistant you've like always wanted in your entire life. Oh. Like, oh. All right. You've convinced me, Puno. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be a deal coming. There what, is. What's the deal? What's in the deal fa- with the deal? Well, here's the deal, Leo. Listeners get three months free. Oh, three whole months? Three months. That's Dang. three payrolls. That's actually six payrolls if you do bi-weekly. Ooh, I mean, yes, please. Where do I go? What do I do? Gusto.com backslash girl boss. Gusto.com backslash girl boss for three Mm -hmm. months free. Three months. Three months free. That's right. Dang, what a deal. You stay giving out the deals, man. I love it. So one thing that I've learned from friends that have started beauty brands or any brand Mm -hmm. Getting into retailers is like almost the next 
step. Yep. And it's tough because the inventory that's required to make those orders are typically quite large and you kind of have to do all of that up front. How did you approach retailers? Well, recognize that we're not working with Sephora or Ulta or Target or any of these huge retailers. And so we've never necessarily been up against that. But, you know, for us, we have 130 retailers around the world. The majority of them are small independent retailers, tastemaker retailers in their town Mm. that we have a direct relationship with. Were they excited about a brand that only had one product or two products? No, at the beginning, (laughs) no, they didn't get it at all. Are you kidding? Some, I, I mean, oh. So our top retailers were the ones that told me no most often. <laughs> yes, promise you. Who would be like, well, call us back. We love this product, but call us back when you have more products. And I would sort of knock on the door again and be like, wait, I don't think you understand what I'm trying to do here. Like, this is about fewer. This is about better, fewer. Like, this is about really having um, this very different approach to skincare. And it took several of them a while to really wrap their head around it. But when they did, it was like gangbusters. Yeah. And they must be so relieved because they're also like, you know what? We only have to sell one or two. Right. I mean, but they, but at the time they didn't get it. They didn't understand mm. how to sell something not in a system. It was still about, you know, this very much this kind of like multi-step program. Mm-hmm. There just was no precedent for a single SKU, single product skincare company. And I guess in a way, a retailer could be a little scared about you know, the threat of an all-in-one kind of product. Yeah, I've never thought about like that, Hmm. perhaps. But I think also, you know, a lot of times it's why we have never been in a physical kind of department store space because online we can appear, it's kind of more democratic, right? Yeah. Just the way that the, the online universe works. In person, you know, think about a beauty floor in a big department store where, you know, these beauty companies build these kind of pantheons of or, you know, Versailles in, inside inside these department stores to market their products. Like that was never anything we could do with a single right. product. Right. And so it's why we chose not to be physically in store with several of our, our retailers. So is that something that's completely off the table or just- No, right absolutely not. Are you kidding? I cannot <laughs> wait- I cannot wait to have um, to have the space. That talk. Yeah, I mean, and have just like the creative space to come up mm. with the, how are we going to tell our story? You know, I have, yeah. how are we going to tell our story? It's going to be different than anything else. And how do we make that smaller footprint work for us? Yeah. So no, it's something that I cannot wait to tackle and can't wait to get into it. It's a it's a whole other business. So in the meantime, while you're you're still, you know, very successful, how do you stay competitive against these larger cosmetic yeah. brands, brands that have multiple lines of products? Just the beauty industry is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy getting crazier by the second, right? Yes. Yes. And you know what? I try to drown all that out, Yeah. to be totally honest. I think comparison, uh, you know, my good friend, Wendy Eiler from Goodbye Crop Shop, says this thing to me a couple of weeks ago when I was chatting with her, like, it's not her quote, but I can't remember whose quote it is, but, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. I think mm. comparison is not only the thief of joy, but the thief of creativity, the thief of gratitude, the thief of contentment, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I really try to just focus on how Bittner's daughter can be the very, very best at what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love that. I think comparison hides itself in lots of different ways too that you don't even realize. So you do have to be hyper aware. I agree of with that. Whether or not you're doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's why social media can be so damaging for people mm-hmm. is because it's so much about comparison. Yeah. Whether you know it or not. Right. You know, even when you were correcting yourself a little bit with the words that you use, like even those little things matter. Yes. I- but it's important, right? In so- yeah. And listen, some words are more powerful than others. Some words, right. it is a huge wave crashing on top of you. And yeah. some words, it's like a slow trickle, right? Yeah. And you hear it so often. And I think about anti-aging this way. I think about every yeah. time I see anti-aging, read anti-aging, like it's a little trickle. But eventually it fills a pool and an ocean of fear and insecurity around Mm -hmm. a natural, normal process that we should all have gratitude that is a privilege, right? And so Mm -hmm. again, it's not that huge wave crashing on top of you, but it is meaningful and it's important to, um, I think, uh, recognize that, that there are words out there that are so common, but they still are kind of slowly eroding that true connection to yourself. Yeah. And I mean... I think this is the misconception about starting small or in your case, starting with one or two products. For some reason right now in our society, like it doesn't mean profitable, but that is like far from the truth. What mindset do you think new founders need in order to embrace small, embrace slow growth? I don't measure our impact based off our revenue, even though we have like a very wonderfully sized company, I measure our impact off of what impact we are having on our customer skin. Yeah. And every day we receive extraordinary testimonials, DM, social posts, talking about what we have created in our customer skin. Mm -hmm. And for us, that is the biggest measure of success. And the more we can do that, the more successful we are as a company. Mm -hmm. And yes, revenue and profitability will come with that. Mm -hmm. But that is our goalpost, creating that enormously positive impact in our Mm -hmm. customer skin in their lives. Yeah, it's incredibly fulfilling to be able to actually impact someone. Yes. In like a almost lifelong way. Exactly. And it's this positive version of that drip, yeah. right? If every day we can provide that moment of connection for them mm-hmm. to themselves through their skin, that is powerful. Yeah. I think in terms of giving advice for new founders about what mindset they need, you were talking about the North Star and how important that was for you. And I think that that part is it feels so far reaching when you're just starting out. You don't realize for some reason that you have this North Star. And I only am saying that because I'm talking about myself. When I look back, I can be like, oh yeah, that was my North Star. I was just like following that. But you don't realize it. And I think what I try to tell people all the time is you have to start because all those no's, all those decisions that you're making, that's helping you Mm-hmm. define what it is. I remember when I hired a copywriter for something and she didn't work out. And I actually loved that because her way of talking was not how I talk at all. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't talk about side hustle. No, no, no. I don't talk about this. And it was like, oh my God, this is my brief. This is like my North Star of why I am the way I am. Yes. <laughs> 
I think what you're saying is so right and so accurate because in a similar way, as you were talking, I thought, yeah, I guess, you know, I would not have, you know, I wasn't talking about a North Star eight years ago for sure. My but, North Star. <laughs> right. No, exactly. I am heading there. Do you see that bright, shiny object over there? You That's have arrived at your North yeah, Star. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But what I will say is that every time I got off that path, it was very clear. And every time I got back on, you know, using the North Star metaphor, like it was shinier and and I could see it even more clearly. And it was like you hiring the, the copywriter, that lovely copywriter, mm-hmm. lovely person, but didn't work for you, right? Wasn't the right person for that seat. Yeah. And I feel the exact same thing that's happened. Like anytime that I've gotten off course, which absolutely has happened, like all the time, like you feel it right away, you yeah. know it right away. Yeah. And the faster you can correct that, and go through the like excavation process of understanding, okay, like why didn't that work? Like why is that not for me? Why mm-hmm. is that not for us? All of that is so critical in the development of that North Star. And whatever, North Star is just your mission mission statement ultimately, right? Right. But the mistakes, if you can learn from them, are invaluable. Yeah. I think that that's, I guess I just want people to embrace the process so much more because that's where all the juicy stuff yes. is. Yes. That's where all the answers are. Yes. It is 100% true. Like, But I also think that we're in this like cycle of you build a company and you sell it three to five years later, that unless you're a seasoned entrepreneur and you've been there, done that, mm-hmm. that's very hard to kind of make all yeah. those mistakes in a very kind of yeah. like gracious way on that timeline. Why do you feel like you're so gracious with yourself? I don't have anybody breathing down my throat, right? I don't have, okay. I mean, I don't know. That's true. You know? You don't. Yeah. And, you know, and and again, it's like ultimately it's what's in the bottle. And we've created these two mm-hmm. products that like just have this extraordinary impact on people's lives. So like, I feel like we, we want everything else is, you know, cherry on top. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we don't work hard. And it's not, doesn't mean that we're not focused and, and all the things. It just means like we're coming from a place of abundance and gratitude and joy. Mm-hmm. Listen, I was happy. This sounds crazy, but when we sold 100 bottles a week, I thought that was like the greatest thing that ever happened. I thought, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. Yeah. I don't mean to say that I don't have goals and aspirations and all the things for for Vintner's Daughter's growth, but it's always around product for me. It's always around what's in the bottle and how that bottle is going to impact our customers. Mm-hmm. It's not just branding, guys. (laughs) I mean, that's a part of it, but it's like... And I think branding can only go so far, right? Branding might get you one purchase. Good branding, like, you know, whatever. It might get you one purchase, but it's not going to get you a customer for life. That is a hundred... Yes. Right. With that said, what do you think is the future of skincare? That's a great question, and I wish I had the answer. I mean, I think... (laughs) You're not psychic? You know, I don't know. I mean, I like to think that all the Gen Xers who are coming up have a a greater bullshit detector, you know, in terms of like recognizing when something is just marketing uh, versus like the real thing. Mm. I would like to think that the beauty world stops using these kind of gaslighting words to get people, you know, to create that fear and insecurity, to get people to buy product. Yeah. Uh, You know, I would like to think all of that. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Well... At least we have one product that we can definitely- We have two, don't forget. We do, I'm sorry, at least we have two <laughs> products that we can definitely use. For... <laughs> so at Girlboss this season, we're looking to redefine success. And I'm curious for you, how have you 
redefine success. Yeah, I mean, I think so often we see success as, especially in the business world, you see success as you raise some huge funding round or mm -hmm. you have like the hottest, coolest, greatest investors who just came on or you have a celebrity deal, right? That's what we're kind of conditioned to think is successful, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, again, for me, it is about creating that that very true connection for our customer to themselves and that being the true measure of success, yeah. that deep connection with ourselves, knowing that we are worthy just for being here, breathing, and all the, the joy and the gratitude and the confidence that comes from that, from mm -hmm. just being content in our skin, no matter what. Mm. That, that is my personal success. Like that is what I want to see when I look in the mirror. And it's what I want my kids to feel when they look in the mirror and when they're out in the world. And it's what I want our customers to feel. And so again, if we can have a play a part in that and a role in that, mm -hmm. even if it's a little drop each day, I'm the most successful person in the world. Like I'm, I, <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> Which is great because it means that, you know, everything that you're doing in terms of maintaining integrity, going the longer path, it all is just worth it. It's kind of an old world way of doing things, right? Yeah. I mean, well, hey, we'll see. Uh, you never know. It could all fly away tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. But I mean, you know, I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Well, April, it was so great having you and talking to you about everything with your business. Thank you for being so transparent and real about it all. Oh, are you kidding? Thank you so much. If you want some of Vintner's Daughter amazing skincare products, you can go straight to the source, www.vintnersdaughter.com. They also have a very soothing Instagram. Check it out at Vintner's Daughter. Oh, and did you know that the best way you can support Girlboss Radio is by smashing that subscribe button? But really, actually, if you want to make our day, you could write us a review. We've been checking them out. And thank you guys so much. Girlboss Radio is a production of I Love Creative Studio. If you're looking for design or production, check out ilovecreatives.studio. And if you're a creative slashy, looking to stack your digital skills, use the code GIRLBOSS for 10% off at ilovecreatives.com. Original music composed by Nija. This episode was produced by Juliana Clark, Imani Leonard, Christopher Olin, and Courtney Kosak. Engineering was done by Michael Castaneda, and our editorial director is Clemence. Special thanks to Nora Agency and Kaylee. Until next week, Puno out.